All right, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 to verse 10. It reads from verse 6. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Tell two people that verse, not by might. Tell them, tell them, go ahead and tell them. <laughs> tell them. Two people, two people, tell them again. Tell another one. I want you to remember that as far as vision is concerned, vision happens because God helps us. Not by might, not by power. Now we do what we should do. But at the end of it all, it is the ability of God that helps us. Verse 7, it says, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Any obstacle today, you must look at it and say, who are you? Oh, obstacle. Yeah, you shall become a what? You shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. I see you finishing in the name of Jesus. I said, I see you finishing in the name of Jesus. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line at the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which can to and fro throughout the whole earth. Tonight I want to open this conference by speaking from the subtitle, Despise Not the Day of Small Things. The background to the text that we are reading goes back, I think we can study it in 586 B.C., the armies of Nebuchadnezzar had captured Jerusalem. And this marked the end of the kingdom of Judah, the kingdom of God's people. Most of the inhabitants of Jerusalem were deported to Babylon for a period of about 70 years. And when you read this was prophesied by Jeremiah. Then when the Babylonian Empire fell to the Persian Empire. This is around 539 BC. Cyprus the Great decreed that the Jews could now return home. And now they could rebuild their temple. So a small minority of Jews, about 50,000 of them, returned under the leadership of Zerubbabel, the governor. And at that time, Joshua was the high priest. And among these 50,000 was this prophet by the name of Zechariah. When they went back, they restored and reinstituted the sacrifices that were done by the Levites. They built the altar of the burnt offering. And in the second year of their return, they laid the foundation of the temple again. However, in spite of the effort, there were external Forces that halted the rebuilding of the temple. Oppression and internal depression halted the rebuilding of the temple for about 16 more years. So for 16 more years, there was spiritual apathy. And this was during the, the reign of, of, of the Persian king Darius. And so in the second year of the reign of Darius, God starts speaking back to these apathetic people who've lost hope, who don't want to rebuild, they don't know what to do, and God tries to do something in them. You know, when I was at Rema, I was telling them, and I was reading about the time of Eli, when it says in the time of Eli, the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there were no visions. And when you read that, you note that what spawns vision is the word of the Lord that's spoken. 
When God speaks to a people who have packed their lives, it does something on the inside of them. Vision is the greatest thing that you can ever get from God. Because vision shakes people and takes people out of a, a place of despondency. Can I hear an amen? And so, the children of Israel at this time, 16 more years of spiritual apathy until the rule of the Persian king Darius. And in the second year of Darius' reign, then God raises Haggai the prophet. And when he raises Haggai the prophet, he begins to encourage the nation. He encourages the, the Jews to rebuild. He preached four sermons in four months, and then he disappeared. Very interesting. Two months after Haggai had delivered his first sermon, Zechariah was raised by God. And he begins his prophetic ministry, encouraging the people to a spiritual renewal, motivating people to rebuild the temple by revealing to them God's plan for Israel's future. I'm hoping this week God can speak a word into your life. I'm hoping this week your vision will come alive again. I'm hoping for some of you whose visions have stalled, you will get back on course again in the name of Jesus. I'm hoping that some of you who've packed your lives and you have settled for a life of less than the best, that God can do something on the inside of you. You know, sometimes we pack our lives and make a truce with failure. You know, and, 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 and we live a life less than the best. I was, I was sharing with them, you know, like I talked about it the last time. It reminds me of the Lion King. Remember the Lion King? Yeah. Some people are just like, what happened to Simba? After he ran away from Pride Rock because of problems, he knew he's a king. He knew he's next on the throne. But trouble and tribulation and challenge makes people run away from their destiny. Some of you here tonight, you run away from your destiny. You're trying to hide. And so what do you do? The worst thing you can ever have in your life is a thing called distraction. People get distracted and settle for something close to what they're supposed to be. So here is, here is Simba hanging out in a place where he doesn't belong, eating the diet that's not for him. Grass and other things. Pacifying himself with friends called Pumba and Timon. How many of you are sitting next to Pumba and Timon right now? Because there are some Pumbas and Timons who are glad for you to settle for second best. Oh yeah. And they have even crafted a, a, a philosophy for that. And a, a song that goes along with that. Aguna Matana. But even if he's singing like that, in his heart of hearts, he knows he's not where God wants him. Yeah. Even if he's pacifying himself with being busy, because you can be busy, but never be busy with God's purpose for your life. Business doesn't imply productivity. Business doesn't mean you're connected or you're plugged in. But one day, as he goes down to the river to have a sip of water, he gets a vision. As he's drinking, he sees a vision of his father. And you see, it is vision that goes to your heart of hearts and pricks you and resets you back to who you are supposed to be. And the father of Simba speaks to him as Simba. 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 And the father reprimands him and Simba tries to come up with a reason. I ran because of the word of Simba. You've forgotten who you are. Oh, I'm talking to some Simba here tonight. You've forgotten who you are. You have settled for something less than what God wants for your life. Singing Aguna Matata. And it is a word that's spoken by God that brings back vision. And so God raises Haggai 
to prick the consciences and the hearts of a people who must get busy with vision. And then he raises Zachariah who speaks and delivers the word, encouraging people, build your spirits, renew yourself spiritually, motivate them, build a temple, and he reveals to them the plans for their future. Very interesting. When you read this prophecy that Jehovah gave through Zechariah, Zechariah, interestingly, is the longest and the most obscure book of the minor prophets. Now, I know today, Banali major prophet, le minor prophet, major, kemang minor. How many of you are sitting next to major? Can I just look at major three? Look at major three. Say, I'm looking at you, major three. What a shock. Now watch, Barcelona. Minor prophets are called minor prophets simply because of the length of their prophecy, not the importance of their prophecies. So let's, let's sort out this minor and major thing once and for all. So as we come to the fourth chapter of Zechariah, we encounter something that happened because Zechariah saw several visions that were intertwined in the prophecy. He sees this fifth vision. And the thrust of this vision, I don't want to go into it, but the thrust of this fifth vision is accompanied by a clear word from God. You know what I'm trusting God for this week for you? Is that you will hear a clear word from God for your life. I don't know, is it in the morning service? I don't know, is it in the afternoon service? I don't know, is it in the workshop? I don't know, is it during the hour of prayer? But I'm praying to God that you will hear a clear word this week for your life. And the clear word that comes and the purpose of this clear word is that God wants to assure this leader, Zerubbabel, who is the head of the tribe of Judah, who will build the temple of God. He wants to assure him, you will build and you will complete. Even though the vision may stall, it may have resistant forces, even though it may take long, Zerubbabel, you will finish. And Zerubbabel, you will finish one piece at a time. Zerubbabel, Don't despise the fact that what you have done is small. When when you look at where you've started, it looks like it's a small thing. But don't despise the day of small things, Jerubabel. Because Jerubabel to finish is going to come small, small. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to come small, small. God says, Zerubbabel, you are the one who laid the foundation of this temple and you'll complete it. And when you finish, you'll know that it's God who helped you. Because if you really want to know if you are anointed, is when you look at your fruit and they don't match who you are. <laughs> In fact, when you started building, there were some people who were looking at you and saying, what are you trying to do, Joe? Because you don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes. But even if I don't have what, I, what it takes, I know there's Jehovah God. It is not my mind. It is not my power. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. Can I hear a shout in this house? It's by the, it's by the Spirit of God. I see some ordinary people being raised by God here this week. I I said I see some ordinary people rising up by the power of God. I see you being not the same person by the end of this week. God says, you'll you'll build. And, And remember it says, my eyes are walking to and fro. My eyes are moving to and fro. The reason you're going to build Zerubbabel is because I've got my eyes on you. I've got my focus on you. Even in those dark days when nothing is happening, I've got my eyes on you. All I'm going to ask you, Zerubbabel, despise not. Despise not the day of small things. Many people don't understand this. 
So when you are involved in something that's small, people don't give their all to it. When you are involved in a day when what you are doing is insignificant, people don't pay attention to it. But as I've read the scriptures, and I'm going to show you so many instances, it looks like this is God's modus operandi. When God starts something, he doesn't go on tweets. He doesn't put it on social media. He doesn't make it good. What God is doing does not trend at all. It's small, but it's powerful. It's small, but it's permanent. It's small, but it's going to test. It's going to stand the test of time. Despise not. Tell your neighbor, despise not. Verse 10, he says, do not despise these small beginnings. He says, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He says, I rejoice to see you. Utsuri, a plumb line. A plumb line, give water pass. And the reason Utsuri, water pass is because when you are building, you want to make sure you build straight. We understand that building takes a time. It takes long. And if you want to build straight, you've got to put on the water pass. And when it's crooked, you've got to undo and start again and put the water pass. It doesn't go fast. It's not trending. It's building. Can I hear an amen? God says, so don't despise the small things. Don't despise the small things. And so, one of the big prophetic hammers that, that Zachariah brings to the party is the statement that God is doing it and the fact that because God's doing it, don't despise the small beginnings. Now, we have a tendency, as I said, to despise small things and yet God is a God of small beginnings. Look about this. Look at this. How about a king born in a manger? Amid the stench of animal dung. That's not a pretty sight. Not so smelly. But please don't despise it. How about the same baby growing into a man and then preaching and teaching the message of the kingdom while himself being poor, homeless, and rejected? The same one who got crucified. No wonder the people of his time could not reconcile his statements to his background. Like some people, they can't recognize, can't reconcile the fruit of your life to your background. When it got hot, they said, no, Ramotse Babos. We know his sisters. We know his brothers. We know where he come from. But if you know God, You'll pause and say, when God is at work, it may not have the bling bling. <laughs> it may not be big, massive. It may not be open. It may not be the, 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 the headlines. It might not be the top story for the day. It's always in the background. But finally, it will speak and it will be at the top of everything else. Despise not the small things. May I exhort you? Despise not the small things of prayer. Despise not those times you spend in prayer. When God deals with your heart, some people may think you're emotional. Some people think you're crazy. Some people think you're wasting time. But please, despise not. Despise not, number two, the small things of serving in a local church. Get plugged in. On Sunday at Reba, I didn't even keep the low I forgot to tell you this. I, I, I met a, one of the ladies we used to work with at Reba. Vanessa is her name. And uh, I remember when I started working at Reba, she was working there too. She's still working there too. And we were just talking about where we started. You know? I didn't know she was a teenager. I was a young adult. And I used to tease her. I used to call her Blomeki. Oh, you don't like my Blomeki term? 
So I actually took a picture with her again. You know, it's many years later, of course. But it was just small things. Despise not the small things of working in insignificant places in the church. Like the children's church, the parking lot. Oh yeah, we got some people there. The ushering team. Despise not things like daily Bible reading. It is by daily Bible reading that your heart is transformed by the power of God. In fact, I was telling them in Zanin, when I was there this past Saturday, I was talking to the pastors, I said, most of my sermons that I preach, I got them during my quiet time. Yeah. During my quiet time. So those disciplines of just scripture reading, where it doesn't look like you know, there's any spectacular anything. Not only does it change your life, it equips you for ministry. Despise not the small things of daily obedience to God and the sacrifices through which your heart is trained and molded. You know, as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate more the disciplines that God's word instills. The fact that you learn certain things in your young age. Because you realize when you reach certain levels, certain disciplines must already be a part of you or otherwise, appreciate the fact that at home we were trained in a certain way. Appreciate the fact that my mom didn't let me enjoy the fact that I'm the only boy at home. She made me work. I must get a man. But after I got married, I appreciated that because I can be involved at least somehow in help. So I don't have to deal with other things. I appreciated the fact that they beat me up when I smoked. As a teenager, they beat me up because it didn't get me a chance to get hooked on smoking. So I don't have to deal with the fact that now I must stop smoking because I'm hooked on nicotine. Well, liquor I didn't try. Almost did. Didn't. <laughs> Thank God they raised us going to church with the consciousness of God. And Renalis comes a whole proposal. Thank God. Because <laughs> once Okaba hooked Boma my susu, came at heart. Look at your name and say, I hope I book away. Now it's a man. Thank God that they taught us at home not to steal money. My parents never used to lock money away. They left money lying around. So we wouldn't steal money. So today you are sure your offering is safe. I never, I never learned to steal. Why must I steal now? Thank God they taught me that wherever I go, I must report where I'm going, what time I'm coming back. And thank God if I say I'm going to that place, that's where I am. I was shocked, Barcelona, the other time. This is a few months ago. I was so shocked. I had left home. We had gone to play on Monday, play golf with some people. We had been, one of our pastors was with us. And uh, my wife had me just hint. I didn't, I told her, but didn't tell her. You know that kind of thing, you know. So she remembers overhearing that I'm going to play such a place. So she needed to go somewhere and she happened to be in this other place where I had the keys for the place. She had forgotten the keys, but she had driven far from home. She's at this place. She needs the keys, but where I was was closer to where she is. So she decides to drive over to the golf course. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know she's coming. I didn't know. Here I am. I'm, I'm trying to play and I see this beautiful lady. Mr. Golf Baller. Here she comes. And she said, Who's your dick here? Needless to say, I, she got the keys from the car and left. And then after she left, I thought, Imagine. Imagine I make a shayla block or muko high. Imagine I and Imagine I would have to explain a lot of things. 
Thank God for the small things of discipline and truthfulness. I tell you that day I was proud of myself. I was really proud of myself for at least. But that's not where I started. Started back then. With parents who insisted. Where are you going? When are you coming back? What time are you here? And you were truthful. You, you don't have for who despise not the small things of putting sin to death despise not the small things like having the joy of the gospel but look how happy we are no alcohol no drug no something of course renewal something Peter says these people are not drunk as you suppose. He didn't say they're not drunk. He says, no, they're drunk, but not from what you're thinking of. This is what was spoken by the prophet Jewel. In the last days, this is what the joy of the Lord can do. Can I hear a good amen? Look. But I despise not the fact that you are in church. You are enjoying the sermon. The Holy Spirit is coming upon your life. The worship is powerful and hungry. Despise not the fact that your heart can still respond to God. There are people whose hearts are so hard that they can't respond to God anymore. Please don't despise that. It might be a small thing. Don't despise it. Don't despise it. Despise not the small things like not getting bitter. But walking in the spirit. Despise not the small things like not lusting after women. You know, some guys have a roaming eye. Some guys, they need to love her now. My Susu fella. Yeah. Despise not the small things like respecting and submitting to your husband. Now the ladies won't say amen. I know. Despise not the small things like honoring your parents. I thank God we were taught to honor parents. Even today, I see it with our spiritual fathers. I see some of you, you don't know how to honor. You don't know how to honor. Very disrespectful. In the way you talk, the way you carry yourself, you just don't know boundaries. There are certain lines you don't cross with a parent. Nah. No, no, I, I, I would be unhappy with my parents, but there's certain things I'd never say. Never. Oh, never. There's a line I don't cross. There's a line I'll never cross with elderly people in our church. Here they are. I'm their pastor. I'm their bishop. I'll never cross certain lines. They're elderly people. Yeah. It's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. The discipline of knowing how to handle yourself around women folk. Some of you guys. Women don't feel safe around you. The discipline of treating people with dignity. Despise not the small things like speaking to somebody about Christ. Despise not the small things like hard working, having a job, having a school, having a house. Despise not the small things like corporate worship that we can meet in a vibrant meeting like this on a public holiday and we're in a safe environment. That even as we are sitting, the Spirit of God is coming upon our lives. Despise that not. Despise not small things like church planting. Despise not the vision that God places in your heart. See, God uses small things. Don't look at how things appear. Look at what God can do through those things. Always remember, God makes little things great and big. In Mark 9, 23, he says, if you can only believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Always remember, God chose so many people in his word that he used. Elijah, on the mountain waiting on God. God didn't speak to him through thunder. He didn't use the tunda. God used a still small voice. 
So in other words, God doesn't have to thunder like a storm to work. Some of you, you like thundering and storms. But oftentimes, God works more when there's no tunda. God works more in stillness and quietness. And in your still time and in your quiet time, God works deep. God works long. God works permanently. God impresses and implants in your heart. He's a God of small things. Let me show you some pictures, Barcelona, and I want to talk to you about these pictures. The first picture. At school, these two guys at our school really impacted my life. First picture, please, at the back. Here they are. I'm always telling you about C. Polizueli. This picture was taken at Scanontuan. This is way back in 1979. I was hoping that Rasipo will be here. Unfortunately, Zueli was attacked years ago and it affected him. He's not okay. But I'll never forget these two guys. When I was preparing this message, I just felt the Lord say, talk about Skanontuana. There's a lot I can talk about, but I just want to talk about that era. Because you see, 1978, 1979, 78, I was 17 years old. 79, I was 18 years old. Those were the greatest years of my life. Hey, oh, this is about it. Okay, you can give them as a background, it's all right. But the one on the left of the screen, Kibrasi, for he'll be here at the weekend, I'll introduce him. He used to preach in the morning at assembly, this guy. Every morning, or several mornings, maybe not every morning. Him and Donald Dama, I'll show you Donald Dama later on, but he used to preach, Sipo. Zueli is, used to attend Youth Alive and uh, the Baptist Church goes on five Netherlands. And he helped me a lot. This is the guy who told the people we were praying with to lay hands on me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That man right there. He's not okay today. He was attacked. They beat him up. It just affected him. I was told Kinta Temazuimo. I was looking for him. He went to look for him. And when he told me, my heart broke. But you know what I learned? None of them is a preacher. None of them runs a church. At least Sipo preaches, but he's not a pastor. Not a pastor. But these guys, these men, oh, but they've disappeared. They raised... A pastor. Yeah. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the big things. It was, it was just the conversations. Okay, you can have them in the background. It was just the conversations. It was just the follow-up. I remember Zueli gave me the books, the Oral Roberts. You remember Tassid Faith? And I read the books. This brother here. I'm so sad that they've did what they did to him. But I know in heaven we'll have a good conversation together. <laughs> Young people, not from Bible school, they don't carry any spectacular anything. You, witnessing to somebody at school, you, young person, ushering somebody to a chair, you, young person, giving somebody a parking lot. You. You don't know who that person is. You don't know. It's a small thing. It's a small thing. Oh, God, don't despise it. And then, then I went to Bible school. And we met at school, but we went to Bible school in the next picture, and he's going to be here tomorrow. There we are. <laughs> Love the picture. Shababa. <laughs> Ladies, my hair was better than yours, some of you, so you can laugh at me. That's real hair there. It was not imported from China or from anywhere. 
or from Brazil. You can laugh at me, but uh, that man on the right, Kenneth Makopo. This is at Bible school. This is at Central Bible College when we took this picture. And uh, he's going to be here tomorrow. 1979, this man, Enzueli, and discipled me and Bradon. Kenneth, we used to walk to school together. And throughout, we would talk about God and, and, and everything. And he's the one who took me to the open field. English doesn't sound nice. Cause gang. <laughs> this is the man who taught me the power of prayer. This is the man who produced the prayer warrior out of me. When I, when first time I went to pray with him, this is before we went to Kobo Figile to pray. We used to pray called that open space. He prayed and I didn't know. I, I, he prayed and prayed and prayed. I prayed and stopped and finished. <laughs> and he was still praying. This is the man who taught me the anointing. He taught me to love Jesus. Of course, we used to differ being him, other things. And later on, when, when I started the church, he came and worked with me for a year or so. I officiated at his wedding, we officiated at our wedding. Now he has a church in Rustenburg. He's going to be here tomorrow. He's going to do the workshops and he's also going to lead the hour of prayer. Amen. Jesus. Pazalan, it was a small thing. He wasn't a pastor. No. And then I became pastor and started serving in this church under a pastor who was assigned by Pastor Ray McCauley. Pastor Ray, I thank God that he assigned me to come and work with Pastor Andre Knutze, myself, and my late friend, Jerry Chela. And this man started entrusting me with tasks. See, some of you, when we entrust you, you become proud. You really become big-headed. I've seen many people don't know how to serve somebody. They don't know. When we serve you, build your own kingdom. You build your own followership. You don't serve with all your heart. You, you become too much in a hurry to be number one. I thank God for this man. I did cell groups. I used to interpret for him. Andre Knutze, because he's white, as you can see, of course. He couldn't effectively pastor the Soweto people when the church grew. He would drive from Hillbro. He used to stay in Hillbro with his wife, Idana. They had a small baby. And my pastor trusted me. He's the one... He'd ask me to phone him in the morning on Sunday to wake him up. My pastor, he loved going to his mother-in-law with his wife. So they'd go on Saturday night and come back home late. So I'd phone him in the morning on Sunday. And then I'd go to church and I'd prepare the church and do all kinds of things. Go into a room, lead the prayer. We'd set up the sound system. Saturday before, set out the chairs. Then on Sunday, we'd go over there. And I'd be there in the morning and start a prayer meeting. The prayer meeting you see in the morning here, we started go, 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 uh, Mavis Hall. A small room, very small room. I think it's almost this way. I went there the other time. It's very small. We would pray in there in the morning. Then after prayer, I'd go out, check the sound system, check the chairs. Then I would lead the music with a guitar. And then during the prayer and the worship, I'd see my pastor arriving. Then he'd come and preach up a storm. I would interpret for him. And after he has done it, he'd do the altar call. would have people doing counseling. I think Mama was involved in counseling at a point and some of the other people and all of that. And he'd leave. And then when he left to go and do evangelism, he spoke to Pastor Ray. And Pastor Ray gave him the go-ahead. And Pastor Ray said, let Musa Sono be the preacher there. When he sent me to do cell groups, to be a board member, it was a small thing. A small thing. And now in conclusion, years later, two years ago, I met with these friends of mine. This is many years. We are a now. We are no longer the same size. <laughs> I'm looking forward to bringing the whole team together. I'm working on it. I'm still looking for Figile. I can't find her. Figile Lintans. 
I can't find her. Looking for her. So two years ago, we went out. Donald Dama on the left is in our church in Midrand. Serving in our church. This is the guy who preached 1978, 1979. He used to preach powerful concepts. He's very good in English. But he used to preach tough things of propitiation, restitution. <laughs> Christocentric. I didn't even know what the brother is talking about. <laughs> I always tease him when I see him. But this, this is the brother who would preach. 1978, he would sit by himself and we used to mock him and scoff him. I remember me and my friends. Little did I know, good ears and nagib. I was talking to him today, and there I am in the middle. Two years ago, we had a great reunion, and I remember we, they, they took me out to a posh place. Cosentin, they paid, of course. <clears throat> but they took me there. They wanted to pay, of course. And then as we left, there was a young lady at one of the receptions. I don't know this place. It's not a reception for the whole place. It's a restaurant. It's a reception. And there was this young lady at reception, and we asked her to take a picture of us. Very young lady. And she says to, she says to us, what are you celebrating? I don't know. We are friends. She says, what? I said, no, we know each other since 1978. She almost cried. She said, oh, how sweet. <laughs> Let me tell you why I told you that story. Some of you, you look at us. And you think that our story is not your story. See, some of us, we didn't come into ministry because we had a prophecy every two days. Not because anybody believed in us. It's because of the small things. The small things that you can do for others. The small things that will lead to big things. And God says, don't despise it. Don't despise it, Sipo. When you are preaching at Skanantuana, that preaching, Sipo, is building a preacher. Don't despise it. Don't despise it, Zweli. When you stand and preach, when you give somebody a book, don't despise what you're doing, Zweli. You are building somebody for the kingdom. Cannot, don't despise it. That praying cause gang gang is building somebody. Andre, don't despise it. When you send somebody to run a home cell, it might not be a big thing. You are building something. Unfortunately, we live in a world that is too taken by big. We live in a world that loves noise. Loves to be seen. Has to be the largest, the biggest, the loudest, the brightest, the fastest. But that's not how God works. God says, I work silently. You may not even see that I'm working. I work silently. I work quietly. I don't make too much noise. But I work deeply. And I work permanently. Oh, and what you start as a small thing, don't despise it. Because you started a small thing, you're going to finish. I'm prophesying to somebody. Whatever you are doing, however it's small, God's going to use it to finish. I want to ask you, pastors, a church is not built through spectacular. It's built through small things. Lives are not impacted by the big things. It's the small acts of kindness. And in fact, vision by nature is imparted in small things. Just a word, just a whisper in your heart, just an impression, just a desire, just a concern. You yielded to a concern. You got involved because you were concerned. You got involved because you wanted to make a difference. There was no, there was no angel that spoke. There was, no, there was no shaking, no thunder, no earthquake. It was just a concern. And it's in that small thing that God has changed other lives. May God grant you the grace to not despise the small things. I said, may God grant you the grace to not despise the small things. 
What is the small thing that God is prompting you to do? What is the small thing? It's so small, it's within your reach. It's so small, it's, it's at the level of what you can cope. It's so small, it looks ordinary. It's so small, it doesn't look supernatural. It's so small, it doesn't look like God is involved in it. It's so small, but it will not go away. The small thing of that boy at the street corner who's begging for food. And every time you pass them, something in here says, don't do that. The small thing of trying to help someone down the road or some grandparent or an old person living in a house that is totally, totally dirty, a yard that's totally out of sorts. And as you pass, there's something in here. What's the small thing? That person that you meet every day and God says, in your heart you feel you want to testify to them, you want to talk to them. Or that voice that says, stop associating with those people. Don't drink that. Don't go there. Don't talk like that. Don't do that. What is that small thing? What is that small thing? It's in that small thing that God is talking. Raise your hands and pray in the spirit, everybody. Stand on your feet, everybody, and pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray tonight, pray tonight, pray tonight. Don't get tired. It may sound like it's just a small thing of praying. It may sound like just a small prayer. But it is in these small things that God changes lives. It may seem like a small thing that you're praying in other tongues. Don't despise it. It may seem like a small thing that you're raising your hands. Don't despise it. It may seem like a small thing that you're here on a public holiday at this time of the night. Don't despise it. Pray in the Holy Ghost, somebody. Pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. Yield to the Holy Ghost tonight. Yield to the Holy Ghost tonight. Pray the Holy Ghost. Let there be a flow of prayer from your mouth, from your heart. It may seem like a small thing, but God is doing something. God is doing something in your heart. God is doing something in your life. Giri Maria Kuria Maria Kuria Mapa Ramaria Bakuria Televesia Tonotem Bevi Viviri Poria Tavrefeta Bare Telejacholo Jejejela Brapar Betacalia Sakato O Gabaria Tabrasakoro de Reberia Carbetebra Ferbada Calia Tolatalida O Gamonduria Sakoria Telebrasakoro dea O Gambraskan Ambraskan Ananananian Tolotache Oh Jesus Oh Jesus 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, Someone here, you've been building a house, an, an actual house. It's stalled. You've gone through so many problems. It's been gradual. It's frustrated you. But I hear the Lord say, it's taken that long because you refused to break the rules. You refused to sell your innocence. You refuse to trade with your integrity. Though it has taken long, it will be completed. It will be completed. And after it's completed, you'll enter into a new season. A season where God will accelerate the manifestation of things in your life. Yes, even in terms of your family. God will intervene. And God will manifest. I see a 16-year-old girl. There's a man who's 45 years old who's been after you. He's trying to entice you and woo you. You've said no for a long time, but recently... You've started entertaining the idea. And tonight, as the word came forth, like a sword, it pierced your heart. And even as I was speaking, God began to show you the future he has in store for you. And that all the attempts of this man is a satanic attack to cause you to compromise your faith in God and your purity before God and to kill your vision and kill your dream. I hear God say, you've said no before. Keep saying no, but say it even more this time. Don't only say it even more. Tell him, if you don't stop, I'll report this matter. I hear God say, don't play with it. Because any wrong decision will ruin your life forever. I hear God say, I'm going to use you in future as a vessel of my glory. I'm going to anoint you powerfully and use you. But I need you to remain a clean vessel, a pure vessel that will be a carrier of my glory. I hear the Lord say, just like Joseph, run from it. Don't mind your friends who will tell you you are foolish. Check 20 years from now who is foolish. And my glory will rise. Somebody in here, you've had kidney problems. Even as I was preaching, you sense the power of God come on you. Not in a great way. But in a very small way. I hear the Lord say that marks the beginning of your healing. Though it may not be instantaneous. But gradually it shall be. But true and permanent it will be. There's a pastor here. In the last few months, maybe a year, you've been longing to walk in a greater level of anointing. Something happened that disturbed the level of anointing you're operating at. You've dealt with that setback. But now you've been crying. I see you kneeling before God. I hear the Lord say, continue with a heart that desires, a heart that longs. And even as of this week, 
as you are bathed in my word, as you are immersed in my presence, you'll see a restoration. It starts in a small way, in you being vibrant during services, in the word having more impact in your spirit than before. And you'll see it grow more. And even as you stand on the pulpit, you'll see a manifestation. I hear the Lord say, there are many of you, as the word went forth, my spirit brought forth to your mind the small thing, the small adjustment, the small apology, the small act of kindness, the small giving, the small commitment, small acts of persistence, acts that are done with a pure heart and a pure motive. So those acts, small as they are, and see the manifestation of my glory. We thank you, Jesus. We are standing On and close your eyes please as we stand in the presence you may have come here being invited or you came on your own you may be watching from another place another country as you've been listening to God's word you realize that your life is not right before God the voice of God the still small voice is talking to you Speaking in your heart about your life. You may have received Christ many years ago, but you've steered away into wrong things. You've steered away into things that are not pleasing to God. And the still small voice keeps talking to you. Tonight, wherever you are, wherever you are standing, if you want to invite Christ in your life, or you want to make things right with God, or you want to recommit your life to God, I want to pray for you. As we are all standing in this place, our heads bowed, our eyes closed, nobody moving, please, nobody leaving, except those who are serving. Right where you are, if you say, please pray for me. I want my life to be right before God. Please pray for me. I want to invite Jesus to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Please pray for me. Would you raise your hand, please, right where you are. Just raise it high. Whether you want to be saved today or you want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ, raise your hands. Doesn't no matter how old you are, how young you are, just raise your hand. Thank you for those hands. Raise it high. Raise it high, please. Thank you. May I ask the people who have raised their hands, I want to invite you, please, to come from where you are and make your way to the front and stand here. And as you come, take all your belongings, please. Just walk right now. Those of you in the other buildings, wherever you are, walk to the front of that building. If you are by yourself in a hotel or in any other place, just remain right where you are. We're going to pray for you. Give these people a big hand as they come and as they walk. Thank you, Jesus.